God laid this message on my heart a few weeks back. Uh, how many everybody like that came and got to see Chris Rose past two weekends? Really great. He did an awesome job. I love Chris Rose and the ministry that he's doing. Um, and this really uh, sparked up something inside of me as well. And, and I'm having the opportunity to share with you guys this morning, um, if you'll be patient with me. Um, but the message is kind of a faith-based and encouragement message at the same time and on goal-making and not goal-setting. So with, uh, I don't even know, is it FIFA, the whole world soccer championship? Is that how y'all say that? FIFA? I'm not a soccer fan, but we got any soccer fans out there or sports fans, football, anybody? <laughs> football, all right. <laughs> Boomer? Yeah. <laughs> Any, um, sorry, honey, uh, baseball, you know, there's, everybody's got your sports fans and it's, and, but what is the, like the one common thing that you see with all competitive sports? Everybody's trying to score points, right? Goals, you know, net something. And, and that's, that's that team together. That team sits there and they get together, they practice, they train, they work really hard on setting their goals. You know, these are the things that we want to get done. There's an itemized list. Everybody has a role on that team, and but the common goal is to score the points associated with their sport to win the game. God has kind of like the same design for us, except he's taught us to do more than just set goals. He has also taught us how to make those goals. And so when you think about how all of this works together, um, with the scriptures I'm gonna bring up later. It's all gonna make sense, I promise. I'm not just up here rambling. But my experience comes from coaching softball. I've coached my two daughters in the back um, in softball for the better part of, what, six years? Yeah. That's a long time to have to deal with your children in a competitive atmosphere. Um, I loved every minute of it, and uh, it's been a blessing in both directions, I'm sure. But it's not just my daughter also that I'm coaching. You know, I've got nine or ten other teenage girls on this team, and they all come from different backgrounds and different settings. And getting them to get singular-minded and work together as a team in itself is a miracle from God. Um, it is. <laughs> Uh, I, I invite anybody to come out to any given weekend and watch Cameron play and see how, uh, how those girls work together. They, they really work hard. I'm super proud of them. But that's, that's what comes from lots of practice and lots of dedication to get better at what you're doing. And God's doing the same thing with us this morning. He, he's, he's got this, this similar, much easier uh, methodology for you to understand. Um, my first message, or not message, scripture, uh, if anybody's taking notes, is in Proverbs uh, chapter 19 and verse 21. And what's great is you don't even need to be an, ath an athlete to understand what God has planned for us this morning. But he says in that verse, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that's what will stand. You see, as humans, we're really good at making plans. I mean, you sit around and you talk around the bonfire. I mean, how many times have we said, oh, I, one of these days I'm gonna buy me that Harley? 
one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to lose this spare tire I got right here. I mean, we, we make plans all the time. It's, it's almost like we just like to hear ourselves talking, but do we really just set those things in order to make those a goal that we actually complete that, that new year's resolutions is the biggest joke in the world. I think it's just Hallmark's attempt to sell another card sometimes. Do you guys honestly keep your New Year's resolution and make them? I mean, if you do, you're a better person than me, right? But I'm good for maybe two hours and then I forget it. That's too much. It's too much. Not doing it anymore. Um, but, and that, but that's the way that it goes, right? We find ourselves doing it and then we just don't persevere. And why is that? Because we're not practicing as we go. You know, with softball or any other competitive sport, if you only practiced two times and then just went and played games, you're going to lose that edge. Those other teams that are out there that play, 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 practice, 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 those are the ones that get better. And that's what we've got to do this morning. We've got to learn to just keep practicing and keep pushing ourselves and encourage one another to keep on those points that we're making, those goals that we're setting so that we can be goal makers. Let's flip over to the next verse that I got. I'm really flying through it this morning. It's going to be short, so y'all don't have to see me for very often. Um, but don't worry. Don't be aiming in that, Pastor. You know, funny note on that. Before I got up here, uh, Carrie Sims came up and handed me a bottle of water. And he says, do you need me to open this like I have to open Pastor Mark's? I'll, uh, I'll have you know, I managed to open my own bottle of water this morning. I set a goal and I made it. <laughs> but in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9, this is, this is really where you're at the pinnacle in goal setting and goal making. It says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And, and this, is, this one's really... When you get to this point right here, this is where you know you're making the changes. Because I, in my heart, I do. I make these, I, I set these goals. It's like, I want to do this and I want to do this. But God kind of says, well, you need to worry about this one that you put on the bottom. Because that's, what, what, what don't we do that as, as humans? We, we put God's goals last because we are more worried about ourselves at times. Um, and I'm talking about myself this morning, trust me. But that's the problem is that human hearts alone, they fail. I mean, if we try to do everything by ourselves, God is just sitting there scratching his head saying, hey man, I gave y'all all the instructions you needed. All you had to do is ask for help and I'm there. And when we do our plans, we also need to understand that our plans need help. A lot of times, um, like just at work, I've got... 10 or 11 guys working underneath me um, that they all have these different skill sets. But if I have purposed my plumber to go do something electrical, he's going to need help. That's not what he does for a living. And maybe he's received some formal training. Either way, it doesn't matter. We all need to lean on one another to be encouraged and to keep on. But more importantly, you've got to have it God's center to get yourself motivated through it because without God, if it gets tough, if it gets hard, you're going to quit. And it's like I tell my kids all the time, I didn't raise a house full of quitters. You know, you need to, it's going to get tough and, and I'm preaching to myself this morning because there's some things that I just, you know, 
I want to look at it. It's like, that's just too hard, God. I want to give up on it. And God's like, no, you're not a quitter. You tell your kids all the time, you're not a quitter. You're not a quitter either. So we got to realize that our plans need something else. And then the second half of that verse, it said that the Lord establishes your steps. He, he lays that path out before you. And if you're looking for it, you'll see it. But what's even more beautifully is how do you find it? And, and it's through, through prayer, through his word. And what does that verse say in Psalms? To be still and know that I am God. Just listen. You know, God, God has all kinds of little uh, cute one-liners in the Bible that we, that we say all the time. We don't realize that it's his word. You know, we tell our kids all the time, you've got two ears and one mouth. You should be listening twice as much and speaking half as less. That's the same thing for us. We, gotta, we have to apply that to ourselves when God's trying to talk to us about what he wants us to accomplish. I can't hear him if I'm up here just flipping my lips. You ever notice also how inconsistent our plans seem to get to when we're doing it by ourselves? You kind of go a little ways and then, uh-oh, now what do I do? Or maybe we forgot a whole bunch of things along the way and now we've got to go back and retract a lot of stuff and then start over. And God, God's ways are perfect. He's going to take you through it. You know, you're going to get trialed and tested, yes, but if you do it his way, you're still going to get through it. God wants you this morning to kind of consider your purpose. What is, what is driving you on the goals that you're making? You know, what is the reason behind it? Are they personal? Are they selfish? Are they for the benefit of others uh, to better something? You know, more importantly, are they God-led? You know, are you, are you seeking him first before you're setting your goals? Are you doing it alone? Uh, this, this is something that uh, I struggle with the most. I, I don't like asking for help. And my wife can attest to this. Sometimes I end up just leaving her out of what I want to do. And then she's like, well, dummy, you could have asked me and I would have helped you. And, and then, you know, I remember like, oh, yeah, I do have a very loving wife that wants to be there and wants to help. I just have to ask. God's the same way, guys. He, he's sitting there. He's not calling you dummy, but he, um, <laughs> he wants to help. He really does. And, and so don't do it alone. My last verse, um, this one's really going to just kind of sum up the whole goal setting and, and goal making th thought process in, in Psalms uh, chapter 33 and verse 11. This is the best part. It says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. You see, we're talking about God's love now. We're talking about his love for you and for the whole entire planet. But his counsel, his is a, that word you can really encompass in a lot of areas of your life. It can come with instruction. It can come with just being that lending ear. It can come with the person or the God that is going to help you get your affairs in order. Anything that you have, his counsel is going to stand forever. So when you put God first when you're making your goals, it's going to be everlasting. And he's doing it for everybody. It's free. It's not like you know you have to go... It's not like driving from Tulsa to Oklahoma City and it cost you $4.50 one way just to get there on the turnpike. God's offering it to you for free for everybody. He wants you to make goals. That's how you learn, right? I mean, 
you're testing yourself, you're trying to grow up, be a better human, be a better person, better husband, better wife, better brother, sister, uncle, cousin, whatever your label is, everybody wants to be better than what they are now. And that, that comes from setting your goals and making them. You need to figure out those things, whatever they are. Everybody's different. I guarantee you right now, my personal goals, my personal uh, list that I want to accomplish is completely different from everybody else in my family because God made us all different that way. And that's what I love about the design. <clears throat> so you need to figure that out and you need to figure that out with God, okay? And he, God just this morning, he just wants you to know you need to make goals. You need to make them. And, and, and I'm not talking about sitting and writing them out. That's setting goals. He wants you to make them accomplish your goals. He doesn't want you to do it alone. He wants you to do it with him and with others. Now, you have a very loving church here. Um, I was sitting in the back this morning, and I could just see love with everybody, you know, all the... The, the kiddos, you know, with their arms wrapped around mom and dad and, and uh, the couples in here doing the same thing. There's love in this church and people that want to help and the people that will help. Uh, I mean, I'm sure outside this building we have the same thing. So just reach out, find somebody. But he wants you to, to uh, make them, not just set them. And when you're accomplishing things, he's got a few things in mind that uh, examples he wanted me to give this morning for whatever situation you're in. Are you going to make finance a goal? Are you going to make work a goal? Family. You know, these are, these are things that um, we see every single day in our lives, especially as adults when we're talking about work and finance. But are we making these things our goals to get better at to be debt-free through Financial Peace University or to uh, be a better employee for your employer at work. You know, the, we have these rules that we're supposed to be following, not so much rules, but freedoms, opportunities to improve. And it, this all came to me, uh, was it, I think it was two weeks, two Sundays ago, we were at Mazio's. And Pastor Mark and uh, Pastor Chris were sitting over at a table by themselves and I was doing like I do and listening to five conversations at once. And um, I overheard Mark asking Chris, he said, well, they were talking about that, uh, that was it not a halfway house, but that, anyways, that house for the, the people that they reach in the prison, when they come out, they've got a place to stay to get encouraged and grow in the word. What's that? The transition house. I love that name better. And Mark asked him, he said, um, how many, how much do you think you need to finish this? Um, because Mark had made a comment. Mark was bragging on you guys. And uh, he goes, well, you ought to just bring it up there at no limits on how much you need. Because not only will they set that, but they'll exceed it. And that's when... Uh, me and Shalina and Sandy, we were sitting there talking and we just kind of joked around. I was like, yeah, we're not goal setters, we're goal makers. And then it was like, holy no, that's, that's a message. And I'm like, wow. And I mean, all of a sudden it was like fireworks going off and 
But I asked Kate, I said, can you give me some numbers just so I can kind of encourage the church this morning? And then you may not be looking for uh, financial encouragement this morning or whatever, but um, take time right now to just pat yourselves on the back. Um, this year alone, you guys have, have up to this point raised $1,800 for the Pregnancy Resource Center. That's amazing. Um, and Michelle had the... Uh, the challenge for the world vision. What was the amount that you had asked for? 150. You guys exceeded that and raised 205. So amen to that, right? Um, wasn't there a goal for the Philippines for the school supplies? What was the amount on that, roughly? 600. Okay. Well, uh, we only get 350 on that, but I still believe that that was a goal that we met because, you know, it's, you know, well, we're going to say it was 200 and if I'm wrong, but last year, last year for the entire year, this is where the numbers really get great. Uh, for the Pregnancy Resource Center, you guys raised $6,302. Your, your previous year was 3,300. Y'all practically doubled. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. Um, the Houston Hurricane Relief Fund, you know, we, we got motivated to send some money down there and help out some people that was uh, helping rebuild that town after the hurricane. And the goal was $500. Y'all came through for $766. The, the women's shelter, uh, I love that we're involved with that. I think uh, what I've got written here was a suggested goal of around $300, and you guys knocked it out of the water with 537 And monthly, I mean, that's, that's, that's the total for the entire year, but for monthly, you guys give $500 to Don't Look Back. That's $6,000 a year. And... $1,000 a month y'all send to Ben and his family in Mexico for 12000 annually. That's a lot of money, guys, that we're given, you know, financially to, to help, to be a, an, an outreach for others in this community. And God had all this set up. He wanted me to just kind of challenge you guys, and maybe we can set this up through uh, the online accounts, but... Let's, let's help Chris finish his, his transition house this morning, all right? Uh, Chris estimated that it was around $10,000. That's all he needs to completely finish the house out and be move-in ready. Um, so I would like to challenge everybody this morning to sit in the dark and think about how... Think about how you've acted this morning in your hearts. No, to y'all need. To, <laughs> that's the dad coming out in me. Um, but I really do. I, I really think. I mean, Chris Rose has an excellent ministry. This man is almost full time in what he's trying to accomplish there. And I know that if we help finish this house out, that's just going to push him right there to that point where he can just tell his employer, I love you guys, call me if you need me, but I'm going full-time in ministry. Plus, think of what the good it's going to do for all those people he's reaching um, and open the door up for another house, maybe even for the women that they're reaching in the, in the women's prisons. So um, 
I'm just really, I'm going to pray for you guys, for myself. Um, I think I did some loose numbers in my head, but even if everybody just wrote a $50 check one time, in addition to your natural tithes, don't take away what you're giving to the church. Okay, don't think, well, I'm just going to give it all to Chris this week. No, take care of God first. Chris is extra. Okay, that's where the learning process comes from. And just 50 bucks. I mean, if I look at how many times I, I stop at Quick Trip or eat out in a week, uh, I've got $50 right there. Easy. I could probably do it two or three times. Um, but if 100 people did that, there's five grand. That's half the goal. And, and that's not, it's not really all that hard to do, especially when you jump out on a, on a leapfrog of faith and let God take care of the rest.